Enjoy all your favorite sports like never before at BetMGM. Signing up and playing is so easy. Simply sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. When you register with BetMGM, you can get instant access to a variety of parlay selection features, live betting options, and the best daily promotions in the business. And with BetMGM at your fingertips, every play and every game matter more than ever. Place your money line, prop, and parlay bets with the king of sports books today. Sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets. If you don't win your first bet, that's right, up to $1,500. Again, sign up using code Buckeye and receive up to $1,500 back in bonus bets if you don't win your first bet. BetMGM and Game Sense remind you to play responsibly. 21 plus in President Ohio, subject to eligibility requirements. Rewards are non-withdrawable bonus bets that expire in seven days. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-GAMBLER in partnership with MGM Northfield Park. That's 1-800-GAMBLER. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia. Movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. Mr. Vice President, I look out over my Biden sign in my front yard, and I see a sea of Trump flags and yard signs. Is that a question for Joe Biden during the town hall last night? Why does nobody have any enthusiasm for you? No, that was a lead up to a different question. I was going to lay out just the things we've been talking about today for Lon Hee Chen. We've talked about Biden's softball uh, press conferences and town halls halls, versus Trump getting grilled. Does that matter? The uh, the Trump's uh, flat delivery of a really good message yesterday. Mm -hmm. And then I thought a grievance laden uh rally last night with not a lot with not enough reason to vote for him and there's a lot of stuff out there well let's join uh, lon he chen for the discussion lon he is the david and diane steffi fellow in american public policy studies at the hoover institution and joins us now how are you sir i'm fine great to be with you thank you so uh, i don't know if you've had a chance to observe uh, the president lately but uh, he seems a little tired well, I, you know, here, here's what I think. The president has a, uh, a certain comfort zone he likes to operate in. And he likes the environment where he can just kind of get out there, let her rip, talk about whatever he wants to talk about. And the question is how that uh, modus operandi works with the closing weeks of a campaign. And I think one of the things that made him effective in 2016 at the end was his ability to focus on message and to just get out there and relentlessly deliver it. And generally speaking, candidates are successful when they can do that. Uh, right now, the president's not there yet. And I think 
until he can get there, and I think he probably will get there. The question is when. Uh, I do think some of these rallies and some of these events end up doing more harm than good. Yeah, look, and that's something that they're going to have to confront. I only took in 15 minutes of last night, so, you know, it's anecdotal evidence. But instead of, you know, we're going to build the wall, and nobody thought he was actually going to build the wall and Mexico isn't going to pay for it, but here's somebody that finally gives a crap about illegal immigration. Yay! You know, I'm going to bring your jobs back, that sort of stuff. Reasons to vote for him. God, he was going on. It was a perfect phone call. You're talking about the Ukraine phone call? Oh, oh my God. Uh, yeah. Yeah, wow. Yeah. Wow. Meanwhile, they're I mean, hurling soft, yeah. softballs at Joe Biden. Did you catch any of the town hall last night? Uh, yeah. I mean, it was a big, wet kiss, right? And I think it, it, it shouldn't be surprising because we have seen now over and over again, the media does treat the two people differently. It treats Trump and Biden differently. Uh, and, you know, you guys asked the question, do I think it's going to make a difference? And the answer is, I don't. I don't think it's going to make a difference because I think people have already weighed these issues in their minds. They get that the media likes Joe Biden more than it likes Donald Trump. They understand that, you know, as a result, the two candidates are going to be treated differently. I'm not sure it affects how people view them, though. I, I think if you – I've said this a lot before, which is at this point in Donald Trump's presidency, you figured out how you feel about Donald Trump. Probably. If you still have, I mean, if you still have questions about, hey, what do I think of Donald Trump? You must have been living on another planet for the last couple of years. So all this stuff that's out there, you know, the Woodward book and the media's treatment of them – and all of the noise, you know, most Americans, I think, have tuned it out. And I think they figured out, you know, look, this is what I think of Donald Trump. And by the way, just because you don't like him doesn't mean you're not going to vote for him. And I think yeah. that's an important factor to consider as well. Well, we we're talking earlier. We think the best, you know, for people who uh, like some Trump stuff, but, but he bothers them so much they just can't vote for him. That, Reluctant Trumpers, as a buddy of mine texted. That yeah. getting the 1619 project out of the schools and ending critical race theory training in uh, government agencies, that could be huge. Well, it is because people sort of say, listen, uh, I'm, you know, I, I think a lot of Americans would say this. They would say, look, I'm all for. Uh, a, a society that's got people that look different from me and sound different from me, that's fine. But I don't want to be told that the history of my country is so foul and so odious that I can't learn about it. I don't want to be told that everything America's done is wrong. I don't want to be told that, you know, everything that I've done as a non, you know, non-minority, non-person of color, non-whatever, uh, is wrong. And I think people just say, look, I don't want, that's not the environment I want to be in. And so there are common sense things that the president does, and there's common sense things that people do when they say, look, you know, you're right. Not all of that is wrong. And we and there are things about our history and our culture that we should learn and we should understand times when things went badly. But we should also understand that there are a heck of a lot of times in our history when things went well. And and that's something that everybody and every child should learn in this country, I well, think. Well, right. The, the idea of having wonderful ideals and sometimes falling short of them is not an ugly story. I mean, it's 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 a, it's worth telling. Uh, but again, it's and and the lefty media is trying to uh, like give you an inverse description of what's happening here. That he's trying to eliminate any teaching of America's sins. The problem is, and just as a a, a personal note, Lon, he uh, judging by our listeners, um, and and we hear from them by the hundreds and hundreds every day. This the, the far left indoctrination from kindergarten through grad school is a huge issue among real people. 
And I credit the Trump administration for having their ear to the ground enough to realize it. I think the New York Times and, and NPR, they're so snide anytime they make reference. It's a conspiracy theory, but I'm telling you, it's big in the hinterlands. Well, here's the problem. The, the people that are reporters for these outlets, the people who are opinion writers for the most part for these outlets, they are far to the left of even many Democrats in this country. They make up a disproportionate uh, percentage of you know, these sort of relatively far to the left progressive folks, and, and they are in very influential positions. And so I think when most Americans look at that, they say, you know what, that doesn't really sound like what, you know, what I think is right. Just at a gut level, people don't think that what they're reading and what they're seeing sounds right. So this disconnect between mainstream media and, you know, many uh, Americans, that, that's going to be a huge problem going forward. This is not a, not a campaign problem. It's not a political problem. It goes to the breakdown of our institutions, and the media is one of them. I think outside of a major event occurring, you know, uh, something international or whatever, I, I, I don't see what's going to change the trajectory of the election except for that first debate particularly. If Joe Biden is on the debate stage with the world watching and says something like he said last night, that all 200,000 people would still be alive if Trump had done his job. And the Washington Post even says, uh, Biden is making this up. Uh, how would that affect things? I mean, that's an extraordinary yeah, I mean, thing to say. How about the fact that Anderson Cooper didn't even follow up on that? Yeah, I mean, I think this first debate is going to be interesting to watch because you're going to see the ultimate prevent defense uh, in, in, in Joe Biden's strategy. I mean, really, his job is to get up there and to not screw things up. I mean, there are many bland things he can say, and I think it'll be totally fine. Uh, but you're right. I think where, where the Biden campaign is concerned in all likelihood is they're concerned he's going to get up there and he's going to say something or say a few things that will really demonstrate kind of either that he's lost a few steps or that, that you know, he just has positions that are fundamentally out of step with most Americans. And I think that's the worry for the Biden campaign. You know, the, the, the Trump team, they... They kind of feel like, look, people are used to the freewheeling style of the president. He's not going to say things carefully. He's going to get up there and say what he's going to say. And so I think they feel it's relatively lower risk, which is why you hear the president saying, let's let's debate more. Uh, but but the Biden team, I think they are they're playing prevent and they really do not want people to, to, to hear or see some of the things that Joe Biden could say or that could pop out of his mouth. Well, the, the question was asked to Joe Biden on the new Green Deal or the Green New Deal. Sorry. Do you think it's too much, Anderson Cooper said? No, I don't, said Vice President Biden. No follow-up. Huh? It's going to cost $60 trillion. We're going to stop driving yeah, cars with gas within 10 years. You're for that? Yeah, and it's going to require every single building to be retrofitted and changed. I mean, even ones that are historic and go back many, you know, many centuries. I mean, it's, it's the Green New Deal is crazy. It is. And this is a point that I've started to make because I, I've been looking at Joe Biden's policy plans recently. He would be the most liberal president in modern history if he won. His ideas are far more progressive than any candidate since McGovern. His budget, by the way, is double what Hillary Clinton proposed in 2016. Just, just think about that for a minute. Five trillion dollars in new spending, double what Hillary Clinton proposed. His tax increases are going to hit every American household. This is not some moderate guy. I mean, if he if he's elected president, he's going to be an extreme liberal. And I think, look, that's just something people need to come to terms with. They might be okay with that. They might say, look, I'm willing to have that over the chaos of Trump. 
I'll vote for Biden. doesn't matter. But people need to go into this election eyes wide open, understanding what the alternatives are. I think that's a very important thing. My final question for Lon Hee Chen of the Hoover Institution. Um, given the near certainty that there will be chaos and confusion during voting month as mail-in ballots are counted and rejected and the rest of it, uh, how do you like the idea of some sort of bipartisan commission getting to work like today by noon on standards and messaging and, and, and bipartisan statements of solidarity, that sort of thing? Let's Being preemptive about dealing with the chaos. I would love that. I think that'd be a great idea to get respected, you know, respected Republican, respected Democrats, get people together and, and, and help us make our way through this mess. We cannot have this be a partisan process. Regardless of how you feel, who you're going to vote for, we all agree we want this election to be fairly decided, and we want to have confidence in the outcome of the election. And the direction we're headed in, I really worry about, because that's not the direction we're headed in. And bringing this back to depoliticize it as much as possible, I I think that'd be great. So I'd be all for it. I don't think it's going to happen. Oh, really? Boy, Dan Coates' op-ed in the New York Times yesterday, I don't know if you read it, but he said Joe Biden or Donald Trump are not a death blow to the country, but losing faith in our elections could be. Yeah, that, that's good yeah. stuff. Yeah, well, let's keep an eye on this one going forward. Lon Hee Chen, uh, David and Diane Stiffy, fellow in American Public Policy Studies at the Hoover Institution. Lon Hee, thanks so much for the time. Good to talk to you. Thanks, Dave. You got it. Oh, boy. Yeah, I worry way more about that, uh, the, the post-election day chaos, hatred, angst, uh, conspiracy theories, Russian propaganda, yeah. trolls and bots and, and the rest of it. Not to mention... Nancy Pelosi and Donald J. saying irresponsible things. I'm more worried about that than about anything. Yeah. Okay. That's interesting stuff. Don't mean to freak you out, everybody. Armstrong and Getty. When you drive a vehicle so reliable it's backed by a 10-year, 100,000-mile limited warranty, you stop thinking about what you can't do and start doing what you never thought possible. Visit your local Kia dealer today to see what you're capable of in a vehicle that inspires confidence around every corner. Kia, movement that inspires. Call 800-333-4KIA for details. Always drive safely. Limited inventory available. Warranties include 10-year, 100,000-mile powertrain and 5-year, 60,000-mile basic. Warranties are limited. See retailer for details. I'm Hannah Storm, and my new podcast, NBA DNA with Hannah Storm, chronicles my six decades in professional basketball, from growing up in the sport to becoming one of sports TV's first female broadcasters. Join me as I dig deep into the game's history, unearth some wild stories, and talk to my friends from the world of basketball, from Dr. J to Charles Barkley. It's been a wild ride, and now I get to take you with me. Listen to NBA DNA with Hannah Storm on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts. More Than a Movie is back with Season 2. I'm your host, Alex Fumero. And each week, I'm going to talk to the people behind your favorite movies. From The Godfather, Andy Garcia. He has the smarts of Vito, the temper of Sonny, the warmth of Fredo, and the coldness of Michael. To the legend behind La Bamba, Lou Diamond Phillips. When I walked in, I didn't think I had a shot at Richie because John Stamos's picture was already up on the wall. Listen to more than a movie on the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you get your podcasts.